0: Welcome, 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 baby. It's episode seven of the Romanus Records podcast. I'm Chris Banna, owner, CEO, General Jabroni. Here at Romanus Records, this week we have Jared Zachary of Buffalo Fuzz out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, a super heavy garage blues outfit. And we're super excited to tell their story, tell the rise, tell some of the tragedy, but ultimately some of the optimism and great things that are to come uh, for Jared. They have a new album called Buffalo Fuzz Volume 2 that is up for pre order now. We'll have a link for that for vinyl below. We're actually going to be debuting one of their newest tracks at the end of this podcast, so feel free to listen. The Romanus Records podcast comes to you weekly interviewing bands, record labels, DIY, and entrepreneur types. We specialize in innovative vinyl releases from liquid filled, sand filled, LED filled vinyl, and more and we'll have a bevy of new releases continue to come out throughout the year. You can support the bands on our label at RomanusRecords.com. Everything from vinyl, to t-shirts, to bath mats. You got it all. So, let's get into it quick. Let's get into it tasty. Without further ado, Jared Zachary of Buffalo Fuzz, here on the Romanus Records Podcast. Party time. I am, uh, time! I'm with uh, America's sweetheart, Jared Zachary <laughs> from uh, <laughs> uh, Minneapolis. Uh, how are you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I've got my coffee here. I slept in a little bit the last uh, two the last two days before today. I woke up at 8 a.m. to do a jackhammer right on the corner, right on our street, and um, so pretty crappy the last couple days. But today. Woke up at 10.30, no jackhammer, and now I got a coffee, so I feel really good.
0: Nice. Uh, did you wake up to the sound of a jackhammer, or you yeah. did a jackhammer?
1: No, no, no. Woke up to the sound of a jackhammer. Okay,
0: okay. Uh, one, so. it, yeah, that, that's not fun. Um, that would be the most rock and roll job ever. Like, what do you do when you're not it on tour? Be. Man, I run a jackhammer. Just like, make Bruce, yeah. make Bruce Springsteen look like a chump. Um,
1: I think I think it'd be cool if it was like during normal show times, like 10 p.m., you know? But like 8 a.m., <laughs> I, I don't want to do anything at 8 a.m. I don't, I don't think know. a lot of the world
0: does right <laughs> Not now. Not a person. It's a, no. it's a wild time, all things considered. It is. Um, so yeah, the reason I wanted to have you on today, A, uh, you know, the world of the internet and Facebook, uh, we're, we're Facebook friends, but I have... Oh known about your band from afar and I think you've known about what I do from afar Certainly, and um, you know from tons of friends that I have toured with over time in different states uh, they've talked you know highly about you and like oh yeah you need to talk to those oh, boys cool. they're rad and um, yeah <laughs> cool.
1: so same, yeah same both ways that I, it I, I think the first time I heard of you guys was when we Jake and I played this opening for um, oh what was it? Okay, I'm blanking on the restaurant. This is terrible. Uh, it was like a restaurant, but it was like a it was like a game hall kind of restaurant. And it was it's called Punchbowl Social. Oh yeah. And I think you guys got connected with them before us too, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, you guys played a grand opening for them. Yeah, I and, think I might have helped hook Campos. you up with that. Uh, that that could be actually yeah. That's probably the that's probably what it was. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I got
0: we did the one in Indy and then okay. we were getting asked to play one or two, uh, potentially, um, they were just having a hard time. They're like, Hey, we need bands in all these States. And I was, oh, right, and I was like, right, sure. Yeah. And they're like, we're having a really hard time. Uh, in, did you play in Milwaukee or Minnesota?
1: We played in Minnesota. Okay, Yeah.
0: And I think I helped someone get one in in Milwaukee too. And I was like, Oh, Hit up these guys; they're really rad because yeah. they wanted oh, cool. like rock bands. Like they really wanted that's rock right. bands. That's
1: right. You That's right. You initially messaged us about that. That's right. Yeah. It's um, it's coming together now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it was uh, it's funny that they had a hard time. I mean, what rock band doesn't want to make hundreds of dollars playing music? Well, it's <laughs>
0: right? some. I don't know, man. Some rock bands, though, they think like, why would I want to go play? you know, this grand opening thing, it'll be weird. And it's like, no, it's a fun time, man. And like they want you there. Like they're
1: just wanna yeah, you just like honestly, I I mean not that it really is about the money, but you You just want to make it, some money, man. <laughs> if you can if you can make like gas money and like money towards whatever touring and stuff like that like like that you have to take you have to take on what you can take on to balance everything out. But it was a good time. There were a lot of people and and um I remember the thing I thought about at the time was they didn't want you drinking on stage I think is that I can't remember but it's like well that's weird but so that was the first um time I played like stone cold sober I think <laughs> and it was just like cuz like I don't know it was just part of like the the bar rock scene used yeah, a lot of, anyway yeah um, but uh that was a good time and it was it was um, funny because they brought in like a stage and they had like this whole like crew and I'm like, this yeah, they, is so... Yeah, they did it up. This is what it's like to make it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that we're going to, but like that was like, it was kind of a, it was kind of fun. Yeah, man. Playing a really nice sound system. Um, and then we got connected with you and, um, and then like later on when we, when we toured a bit as well and we, we found out that you guys had, you know, we had a ton of mutual friends. Um, and beside the fact. So I'm going to assume, cool.
0: do you guys, do you guys know Al Kramer?
1: Yeah. 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 How's the, how's the boy? How's Al, the man? He's awesome. Um, cool story about Al is. Um, I met Al through, through Jake, Jake. He was like, Jake lived in Milwaukee for a bit. He's like, I got these friends And to be clear. Al is called, in
0: a band called Ipey and a band called moon rats and now a band called astral hand.
1: Yeah. and, um, he's like I got this friend he's in a band called Moon Rants we should play with him in Milwaukee it'd be really cool I'm like all right, sure let's do it and so we set up a band or set up a show and saw them play and I was like holy that they sounded so thick and heavy and psychedelic and all the good things that I was like you know and I still am like really into into listening and we we found out a lot of commonalities amongst our, our musical tastes and the heavy music scene and and then turns out later on, um, my, my wife's really, really good friends and now my good friends, um, that now live in Montana, lived in Milwaukee for a long time. And, um, Al and, and our friend Jeff Purcell out there in Montana are, are like best friends as well. So they, yeah. uh, this little circle has like crossed over so many parts of my life and it's been really cool to experience that.
0: Yeah, man. Well, uh. Yeah, big love. Just anything Al Kramer touches, Al's the yeah, <laughs> Al's, Al's exactly. the dude. He's like a exactly. He's like a national treasure. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if I didn't say it at the beginning, um, Jared uh, is in a band called Buffalo Fuzz, and I wanted to have you on for all the reasons I mentioned before, but also I think you have a, a cool story to tell, and I yeah. noticed that you were you're getting ready to have a new album come out. And I just thought with the timing and everything, it'd be a good time to have you on and try to help promote what you're doing, man. And, uh, yeah. So I guess let's get deeper into it. So what was your upbringing, I guess, what kind of got you into rock and roll and, you know, made you want to, you know, like stare into the eyes of the big muff. Right.
1: Yeah. I, um, I listened to like growing up, I, I I had like an Elvis phase and I think that my viewpoint of rock and roll was like how how can you project your like emotions in music to make people feel something. And I think gradually rock and roll the way rock and roll like rock and roll philosophy to me is is anything you can do anything that you do is can be any kind of music. And it's the way you do it, not the music itself is rock and roll. So, um, you know, you can you could be in a uh, string quartet and be rock and roll. It's, it's, it's how you do it and how you portray your music and um, to evoke such feeling and emotion. And um, I got into like a, a sort of a heavy heavier classic rock and roll through, you know, I, I got into like Led Zeppelin a little bit for a while. And actually, I think my first concert I went to was Metallica. Wow. Um, so I've That's been through rad. like a lot of different. <laughs> I've been through a lot of different like uh, like subgenres and everything, but I I think w- how I got into where I'm at now is I started uh, I got really into Deep Purple because they were kind of like on the cusp of my knowledge of classic rock, and I am the kind of person that like once I kind of get into it, I dive deep and I try to find out as much as I can find out. Um, maybe that's just the way everybody is when they find like a passion and I I got really into Deep Purple and um I got to see them live in 2008 I think and um it just kind of progressed from there and I got into more kind of like proto metal bands you would call them and so like uh Uriah Heep and um Vanilla Fudge yeah. and some other kind of heavier like it's one of the best early band names ever. 70s, yeah, Vanilla Fudge, yeah, and um, you know, there's some really, there's some really cool stuff that I discovered from that that era, that late late 60s, um, going into like 1970. There's like such a sweet spot in music, and uh, rock and roll, and heavy like early heavy metal music at that time. And I never really considered myself like a heavy metal head by any means, but I think the proto metal is like this real, this pocket of sweetness that I really have grown to, to love. So that's kind of how I got into the, that rock and roll, um, mindset. Um, and I've transplanted from South Dakota to Minneapolis. And, and when, guess, when was that? Uh, how
0: long did you live out in South Dakota? That was
1: Dakota? in 2000, 2005. Uh, when I graduated high school, I I moved out here to go to, uh, to go to school at the U of M, the university of Minnesota and um i guess i've been in several life iterations i studied architecture for and got my architecture like bachelor's degree it's pretty cool and um (laughs) it's pretty cool um i fell out of love with that because it was just so much work that jackhammer that jackhammer you can just hear. (laughs) jackhammer oh god um but i got more into like smaller scale design and and um actually i did some fashion design for a while i did men's neckwear started my own brand there for a while i got obsessed with that i think i get obsessed with little things and i do them for a few years and i kind of set them down but then i got um i always played music in my in my room kind of thing and then i had some friends that were like uh you um i had some friends that i that were in a band that i really i really liked them i was a fan of their band and um became friends with them and decided that hey I think you guys need some new graphic designs and so I made a couple like gra- I mean I didn't really know anything about graphic design but I was like this would be cool for your band and they were like oh yeah and then um later on they they had a bass player move to Austin Texas and they're like hey man do you know how to play bass I'm like eh, kind of and uh so I tried out for their band and played bass and they were like yeah man great fit let's do it what and was the name of that band Uh, That band was called Black Church Service. Okay. And I played with them for only six months um, because then the lead singer moved to Austin, Texas as well. And that was uh, 2014. And within that six-month span, I just grew in love with playing um, on stage, and I knew I couldn't stop at that point. So the drummer and I continued on, and we started Buffalo Fuzz um, around that time. And it was just like we took my songs and started playing them one by one until we got a set list. And then, um, you know, he was like, i ah, I think I'm gonna put it. I think I'm gonna set the drumsticks down. I'm not gonna." He's like, "I'm I've been doing this too long. I wanna kind of change change my life." And so then I went through a couple. I went through another drummer after that. And then um, he wasn't he wasn't a drummer drummer. He was a musician, but not really a drummer drummer. And then. Um, met jake playing at open mics he's a songwriter too and um just knew him as a songwriter for maybe like six months until our mutual friend uh said hey man you should um you should see jake allen on drums he's really good you guys would be a really good fit so you should jam some time and so he knew i was looking for a drummer so we got connected and we jammed and it just felt really good it just felt right we were at the same we felt like we were at the same spot in, um, in our sort of our journey in in music. And I think that my playing style and his drumming style were sort of a good mesh of, of uh, kind of, kind of like a, a good ratio of like calamity and uh, (laughs) (laughs) maybe a little less on the precision side, but like just fun and heavy and, and uh we've just played hard and you know played with emotion so
0: that's quite the ride that's quite that the
1: ride it. yeah it was it was a it was an interesting interesting ride it's kind of weird to reflect on cuz i feel like i've you know played different parts through through that time but that was kind of like the the real true beginning of buffalo fuzz as it is
0: and so, what year was that 14 you said
1: that was yeah i would, jake and i started playing together and so 2015 is when I went through a couple of drummers and 2016 the beginning of 2016 is when Jake and I started playing together okay and at that time is when he we like we had this like record that I just started recording and that was our first record and and so Jake you know basically Jake learned songs and then we went in pretty quickly and recorded them and that was the first record so that was kind of like the first record it's kind of like a lot of songs i'd put together and the second record that's going to come out on june 5th is songs that jake and i wrote i mean jake had a lot more influence in my songwriting and i think you know we wrote a lot of it together um, we, we collaborated a lot more during the second album and um so that's kind of a there was kind of a big uh, big jump in in our forces joining there as far as like I think the the song quality and we also wanted to put a lot more recording quality into it too. So
0: well, yeah, and you have time and unity together on the road and playing. It's definitely uh, it's a pretty natural uh, progression. So um, mm-hmm. and I want to get and I want to get into to Jake more as we continue to yeah. progress. So you, um, I found out about you um because uh your album was on uh youtube just Mm -hmm. doing just working and traveling down the stone meadow of doom hole and found this album i was like this is rad and um i was running the label wasn't nearly as big as it is now but i always have just kind of like whatever i like i just try to search it out and so i started searching your band out and i was like whoa this has like a ton of uh, traffic and, uh, Buffalo fuzz at the time wasn't like huge or anything. And I was like, this is a perfect band to try to reach out to. Still
1: not. It's still not huge. (laughs) Hey, I mean, it's big enough, but I feel, I'm, I feel, um, you know, thankful.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I mean, you should be proud of what you're doing, I think. And so I started a conversation and I was just trying to even understand what in the world stone meadow of doom was. And you gave me some insight and, uh, it's wild what that you know that YouTube channel has done for a lot of bands. I think they're in some stinky business right yeah. now. I'm not sure. I don't know. They hit, they got in the mud a bit. Yeah, I hope they learn from it and just uh, I think so. you know yeah, grow so up too. and not be stupid. I think he has a great yeah. opportunity to yeah. run a business. I think you know. And I
1: think the important part about that is that the community was fostered around it, and I think we kind of all found each other. And I think we're all sort of appreciative, appreciative for that. Um, there are a lot of, there are some other channels there that I guess wouldn't, they're maybe not quite as big as that originally original nucleus was. Um, but I think you know I've I've uh, found appreciation for what that did for us for sure. I mean, the the biggest battle um, as a musician is just to. Um, find find a near that will listen to your music and hit the, you know, somebody that'll hit the play button. And, and, um, so yeah, definitely appreciate that. And, um, the community that we've that we've kind of been able to be a part of with that has been huge for us. And we've met a lot of friends through, through that. So,
0: yeah, it's wild how much, uh, I mean, it equated to real record sales and real discovery. Um, yeah. And I saw and and I think a, that a lot of, of artists,
1: that- yeah. Yeah. And I think that part of that is that our community of like this heavier sort of underground um, scene and it it's pretty diverse still. It's pretty vast and covers a lot of like, you know, heavy blues to, to like really, you know, like heavier, heavier metal. And, and it's pretty, and, you know, doom metal and things like that. It's, I think I found that the supporters of, of the bands in this genre are, really dedicated to the bands and really dedicated to the music and they they're not going to just sit there and like take advantage of listening to it for free like they're they're they want it they want the album they want it on vinyl and they want to support the bands and i think that's cool i think that i think that there's relationships built in our scene that are important in music itself so I think that, I think our, you know, the, the community is really great.
0: No, I agree. Um, so your first album comes out in 16.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, September, September 16.
0: And um, yeah, you start to pick up some traction. You started to tour more. And yes. Um, I mean, it all happened so fast. Um, it did. Yeah. In 2018, really you. Go into the studio to start working on your second album, um, yep. and you recorded at a place called the Pearl. Uh, correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And uh, great studio.
0: Was um, that there in Minnesota?
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Local here in northeast Minneapolis. Um, we Jake knew one of the guys at the Pearl there, and we we went to check it out and just love like the atmosphere there's just this atmosphere that you couldn't really put your finger on you just knew it felt right and the setup like you walk in and it was like a a hallway of some like cool vintage like all this like vintage stuff and the guy that runs it his name zach hollander um super nice guy and and he's a collector and he likes to he goes through like collecting phases and he like had all these like you know cool like collected sort of um vintage things in there and it just felt like the vibe that we wanted the album to feel like it it felt like what we wanted to feel like when we were playing and it just we just knew it was going to be right we just had to figure out you know to make it actually happen we just we knew it was right it felt right and the drum room was one of our main um, focus points because the first album we recorded the drums in like a pretty Small room, and we wanted to make sure that the openness of the, the ring on the drums was pretty important to us, and the sound of the record, and uh, we accomplished that at the Pearl. That's
0: awesome. Well, uh, I'm yeah. excited for people to hear it. Um, that's coming out uh, here really shortly. When's that? Mm-hmm. When's that coming out?
1: So the official release date is June 5th, and we're gonna be drop. I'm gonna put out a couple of little things in the meantime to keep you keep you all satisfied and um i think what what i'm doing right now is i put a record record pre-sale up on our website um recently and the main the main thing is um the 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 vinyl record we're trying to make sure that we present that and um to be honest i <laughs> i have a uh, I have my first baby boy on the way yeah yeah and uh so I've so I've I've had to make some decisions um, with the music business, and I I've I've uh, I've got a goal to to make a hundred record vinyl record pre sales, so I can get the record pressed. And um, so once I hit that, I'll um, I can actually pull the trigger on getting the vinyl pressed and um, get that on the way. So I think uh, it's, I think uh,
0: you'll hit that goal, and we'll definitely we'll definitely try to pump it out in our ether and help you to, <laughs> Thank you. you know, yeah. to hit that goal. So, um,
1: yes, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really happy with the record and it's a, it was, you know, a lot, there's a lot into it for me as far as, um, you know, my memories with Jake and everything and, um, the Pearl actually too, speaking of the Pearl, um, they had a building fire, um, in August of last year. So, the Pearl actually is that recording studio is no longer there. And we, all the gear was fine, but the, the, the building uh, was uh, vacated and, but the, the fire did destroy some other businesses in the building, I believe. But, um, but uh, yeah, so they closed um, uh, New Year's Eve was the last day that they had that building space there. And, um, the last, we finished our, our mixing that day actually. So that was the last project mixed in the, in the Pearl too, which is kind of, kind of, um, bittersweet.
0: No, uh, that makes sense. I mean, them. uh, I don't want to like make it sound so dark, but there's definitely, you know, between, a, oh, a yeah. building burning down and, uh, Jake, you know, there's, there's a lot of like kind of heartache with this. So, um,
1: there is, yeah. So and and yeah
0: for the listener um <laughs> as best as you can and you don't you know just as much as you're comfortable um mm-hmm. so you finish the album it's a uh, buffalo fuzz volume yep. two you finish that in may of 2018 correct mm-hmm. and yeah yep yep um you're touring you're feeling like things are going in a great direction you're getting some really mm-hmm. great traction online um and then uh jake uh like two months after you finish passes away. Um, Yeah. What, what happened?
1: So, uh, and, and by the way, I totally, I'm totally open, you know, open and transparent that I'm, I'm pretty, pretty comfortable with sharing this stuff. Um, and in general, and I think it's important to be open in this way or, you know, try to be, try to be available to be open in this way. But, um, so we, we finished recording, um, and, the, we put out our first sing where we we recorded a music video for i'm on fire which is the first single that we we're hoping to put out like as soon as we could which would which probably would have been in, like july of that year 2018 um and so we recorded the video and then um i got the Jake had been bothering me, like, hey, man, when when are we going to see, like, this video? I can't, I want to see it, I want to see it, and um, so, like, I found out that I was going to get a teaser clip from our, our buddy that did it, his name is Trevor, got a kind of, like, a short clip to post on, you know, social media and things like that to show people um, what we were going to bring out there to them, and I got that on, would have been June 25th at, like, like at night, it, I was texting him like at work, and I was like leaving. And so it was kind of like, it was probably like 10 p.m. or something. I got home, I got the teaser clip at like midnight, and I sent it to Jake. And Jake was like, "Oh, that's awesome! I, I look like a badass." That was <laughs> he said literally, "I look like a badass," and and he did, and um, he liked it a lot, and he shared it um, on his Facebook page, and then um i texted him like we texted each other a couple more times and i and then he he just said something like rad you know which is pretty typical of him and the next day i like went about my day like normal went to work and everything and i got a text from um, his coworker like hey have you talked to jake and he didn't show up to work and so um i i like tried to get a hold of him and it didn't I uh, couldn't get a hold of him and, um, I, uh, called a, called the, get a wellness check for him and I, I just had a, that terrible feeling. I just knew something wasn't right. And so I left work and I went there and, um, by the time I got there, the, like the EMTs were there and they walked out and they're like, uh, you know, he's gone. And, um, so yeah, Jake died by suicide that, um, like, you know, sometime between mm. sometime shortly after me t- talking to him about that. And, you know, I played it through my head a million times, but, um, I feel like, you know, he had his own ag- agenda and he was struggling, you know, with things that we talked about all the time. Um, you know, mel- mental illness is a really important thing in to be more to be aware of, um, as a, as a society and, um, you know, something that Jake and I, we talked about all the time. In fact, we, we spent a lot of practices talking more about like how he was doing and just about life and stuff more than playing. But, um, you know, I think that it seemed like he, he really wanted to feel good about what he was sort of leaving behind Hmm. um and he you know he wanted to see that video and i don't know it it i can't really put it all together but i you know in my in my mind he was he wanted to be leave something like proud he knew he had to go but he wanted to like feel that before so that's, but i i don't know that's just my that's my take on everything that's uh but it's it's really heavy it's,
0: that's absolutely brutal i'm so sorry i so i've we've kind of been friends online and acquaintances and stuff and Uh i followed your band for quite some time i never knew you know what happened um yeah and i'm sure it's not something you know you want to regularly but you know reflect upon um you want to reflect on the good things and right um definitely i appreciate your honesty and just the idea that you know i think part of the reason why i was so happy to just get you on was um you know from everything i know you seem to be a a good dude and your candor online you seem like a really positive guy and i there's so many mutual touring friends that seem so positive and the words Mm -hmm. they say about you so um well thank you you know i think uh yeah he's lucky to have a friend like you dude so i uh yeah thank you i'm really i think really sorry after
1: uh, yeah thank you um to kind of wrap up the idea there's a you know thinking about that for quite a while afterwards like what there's nothing that you know anyone can do to truly uh help somebody in that state I mean they can just do their best and um I think that it comes down to just appreciating the time that you have with people here and and not just checking on people like when they're when they might be doing poorly like just always like extending like a lot of love to have you know people in your life and i make that a regular thing and um you know that's kind of what it comes down to and i think that the transparency of of how you're doing mentally is important to be um honest about and that's kind of why i've kind of taken that as my own initiative to be honest about the story there and be honest about um you know how i feel about it and and honestly i i think that um i'm you know i'm like i said i'm I've dealt with that in difficult, difficult ways, and I feel you know i'm I'm definitely able to talk about it now so um
0: so yeah well uh I appreciate your your just candor um as you so that happens um mm-hmm. i mean, how long was it before you were you know ready? it's like you're putting this album out mm-hmm. now when did you come to mm-hmm. a point that you felt okay about you know doing that
1: yeah well uh i went on um went on a road trip to montana to kind of get away and and breathe and like get into the mountains and i you know we like like i said we we have a couple of really good friends out there and There, the just the peacefulness of of the mountains and just the open air really did a lot of like reflecting and healing out there, and came back and it was you know it it was a few months later where I I got back to the studio with Zach and Zach you know had become a really good friend. Any beside the point, and you know through the tragedy we became closer, and I think that you know like Zach and jake had a really good bond going too, in that short time we were working together and so getting back to the studio wasn't necessarily hard it was it felt like a way to like honor jake and i think that during you know through the grieving process like i kept going to want to wanting to do something to like find like some positivity or like try to like do what i could to create in this to like create something good out of it and um i I just kept wanting to do things and to to um and maybe that was my way of like try to control the grief and um which may or may not be a good thing but i try to make it something good so
0: i think it's healthy i think it's healthy to keep to keep moving and keep busy you know when those heavy things come it's uh you know you want to take time you know, to grieve Mm -hmm. and stuff. But I know, especially in those types of situations, you know, those people that maybe aren't with you anymore, they'd want you to continue. They would want you to, you know, continue to live your life and, you know, become the best person that you can. So I think it's totally
1: healthy, man. Definitely. Um, I, I agree. And I felt like, I felt like the way it all kind of happened and and the some of the things that Jake and I were talking about through the recording and the right or the re- writing and recording of the album, I felt like he left the album for me to finish. and he left it for me to like put out there. And he trusted me in doing that. That's what I felt. And I think that getting back to the studio and going through mixes was hard and listening to the songs was, was hard at first and i i avoided it for a little while but um once i just hit the play button it was enjoyable and um i found the passion for it pretty quickly after that again um it was hard to deal with the fact that we couldn't play the music again that was the hardest thing to deal with and and just not having my best friend around you know that was really hard but the music is like i could hear him and i could and um his voice is on the record, like his vocals are on the record, and we have some like B R- B roll of him saying stupid shit, <laughs> which is fun, which is fun to listen to. And um, you know, like laughing was always the best. You know, my all my all my favorite memories of Jake were just laughing because you know anybody that knew him knew that he could make you laugh like with the snap of a finger. Like he he was hilarious and um. I think he he was the balance uh, in my life. I'm I'm very I'm, I'm a little, I, I joke around a bit, but when it comes to music, I take it pretty seriously. When it comes to recording that record, I took it pretty seriously, and and he was very laid back and very free spirited. And I I think that he was my perfect balance in that respect, and I think that it comes through in our music, and um, that's why we made such a good team.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely excited to hear it, and I think a lot of people are too. I have no doubts that you're gonna, you know, get what you need to get done to be able to produce it and everything. And I love uh, hearing that you're gonna be a dad. Uh, what's your wife's yeah. name? Let's give some love to the, yeah, to the mothers of the world.
1: Yeah, my, my wife's name is Lisan, and uh, she's actually her voice is on the record too. She, her voice was on the first record too, um, in the in the backup vocals for for use your love and she her voice is on a few more of the songs um as like a high harmony here she, we actually met through open mic as well so i met all a ton of my friends in minneapolis at open mic at this place called moto e that's a that's
0: a, uh, a that's a it's spicy it's open mic a, yeah,
1: it's a yeah it's a japanese uh it's like a it's a, well it's a restaurant that um it's a, like a restaurant sake bar and um they've been doing an open mic there for a while and guy that runs it jt is awesome dude and i show up there the i show up there years ago probably 2014 actually the <laughs> time i was starting starting to like this like time in my life where i was like trying to figure out like okay i love playing music live i was playing bass now i have to figure out how to be a front man how i'm going to do that i have no idea i'm, a, I'm definitely a, am an introvert by nature and um so it takes a lot of energy to to do the whole the whole social thing but you know I figured it out and um I have that open mic scene to to thank for because I show up there and play a couple songs and JT that was running it was super nice and helpful and he's like come back and so I did and I the next week I met my wife and my the person who would become my wife and I met um you know Jake a couple weeks later and um met so many great friends there that I still hang out with to this day and that's amazing. I still go to that open mic, although now it's all on it's on Zoom now. But anybody can join it from Zoom, oh, they, which is they,
0: pretty
1: cool. <laughs> um, and, and so, done the whole Zoom open mic. It's it's interesting, but um, it works. So, um, it's a good way to stay connected. And um, that's how I met. Yeah, that's how I met Jake. How I met my wife. And so, my life is definitely um, a lot greater for for those moments there. Forever indebted. Um, yeah, so now we're expecting our first first baby. Yeah, and, um, I call him right now. We're calling him Baby Buffalo Boy.
0: Okay, <laughs> and
1: um, he's so far he's gotten all of his stuff from his family, uh, from our family that that have you know gotten us stuff for baby showers, online baby showers, um, have sent us a bunch of buffalo stuff, bison stuff. So it's gonna be. He's gonna probably hate bison. Yeah, for by sure. The time for sure, able to realize it, but too bad.
0: Yeah, he's just gonna be like into robots. He's like animals are lame. <laughs> yeah, all right, get yeah. get this out of my robots face. Robots and like
1: techno pop and yeah. stuff. Quit
0: projecting onto me, old man. <laughs>
1: yeah, Yeah, new wave.
0: Yeah, what's um? I don't know. When's the? I mean, it's a boy. When's when's he due?
1: Yeah. So due June eleventh. Yeah i'm trying to like get this record out and then be a dad hey kind of thing well uh <laughs> for, you know for a while
0: as a dad encourage you you can uh you can still chase that music dream i've got a kid yeah. my drummer has three kids and he works full-time retail yeah, yeah. so yeah
1: yeah um how do you guys well first of all yeah do you, do you have any advice uh being a musician dad any any big advice that stands out to you uh
0: yeah one thing that always i think is uh is good to remember a you just have to have you know a great partner with you that's going to be supportive cuz you can't yeah you know it's all going to fall apart if that isn't something that's you know there and then b is especially as your kids even as they're a little start to get a little older and it may not last forever but you want your kids to see you chasing you know your passion and your dream um, and when you do that, you're modeling the behavior for them that you know you want them to do, and you want them to true. Whenever you're telling your kids, like, "Hey, you can do X, Y, or Z when you grow up," you know, yeah, you want them to like see some reality of that, where they see the like, "Oh, my parents did this cool stuff," you know, or they may because you're your their dad, they'll probably think it's super lame, but like
1: maybe yeah, um,
0: but maybe you never know, but when they get older, though, like those will be experiences that they'll be able to glean on and and know like hey true like they can really accomplish some stuff and wh- whether how big small ugly or tall it gets they like you know that you uh you gave it the college try you know per se yeah and definitely. i think that's what it's what anybody needs to see whether it's a kid yeah you know or whatever so uh man yeah
1: i mean we we're lucky. i mean lee sounds great she's a musician too and and it- good singer and plays ukulele and so she's bringing music to the equation too and I I I think both of our sets of parents are really really great and give us a really great example too so um looking forward to this um you know looking forward to to bringing that to our life and letting it change our lives how it does and um you know still keeping music in the equation I think we have a lot to to look forward to.
0: Well, the best part is the moment that you have a kid, you immediately play dad rock because you're a dad. It's Yeah. You know Yeah, and I'm
1: kinda of getting into dad <laughs> rock anyway. I mean, it's kind of like I think it's the new frontier. It's the <laughs> Dad Rock is the new frontier.
0: People are gonna be cool. making like nickelback music ironically. <laughs> that that's what they'll uh, say. Yeah. That's exactly. what they'll say. Um oh. well hey, um we will for sure be putting that out. Um and if I recall, uh were you open to maybe putting out one of these new tracks um for listeners to listen to at the end of this thing to just to get a it. taste?
1: Let's do it. Sweet. Let's do it. Yeah, so I'm um putting out a a music video that uh that um actually Lee Sound's cousin helped me with and he's got a great really great uh video aesthetic and he does a lot of work with his company and um Altura in Milwaukee uh, actually Racine Wisconsin and um so we did this music video I did this music video and it was kind of hard for me to figure out like it was really hard to figure out like how am I gonna how am I gonna take this album that Jake and I did and he's not here anymore how am I gonna how am I gonna promote it we can't play we can't like how is anybody gonna find out about this album because it's really I mean it's really important to me yeah. that people hear it but I don't really have the ability to promote it so I they they decided that they can make a video they can make it make a music video happen and with the um with some you know thematic ideas that will help the song and so this this will be out uh Tuesday the 21st I believe it is and okay. um, so by the time you, by the time you're all listening to this it's probably out um the song is called too young to die and um i guess a lot of the themes in the album are they you know, they're pretty dark and they sound really dark, especially considering that Jake's no longer with us. But they they're actually more so about what you can do with your life knowing that there's you know, you don't know when it's gonna be over and you don't you don't you know, you never know like how much time you have. And so the idea is that you take advantage of the time you have and really live your life and, you know, don't wait around for it to to uh, come to you, and so a lot of the themes sound you know dark, but they're within that that lens they 're honest um, they're honest they're honest, and it's important I think to be honest and um, that's kind of like why i like the why I like the music I like, so I hope that um, everybody enjoys it um, for what it is, and um, there's going to be more to come
0: sweet well we're we're more than happy to share it and help promote what you're doing um so here just at the end of this thing i want to get into just some uh this will be kind of like our our little dopey lightning round here and then we'll get out of here all right we'll ask
1: some uh nothing dope
0: some lighter jobs uh stuff here uh what's your day job
1: so my day job i work for um a a a retailer i'm a store director for a j crew store believe it or not okay and i it's it's um I, yeah, I'm. It, it's it doesn't seem to fit with what I do with my with my music passion at all. But um, I try to bring a little rock and roll to that brand. Hey man, and I think that,
0: <laughs> look, it's uh, I think it happens. Hey, well, that's We're awesome. We're a lot of denim. Lot of denim. Um, okay, and uh, I've seen a couple things where you've performed under Buffalo Fuzz. Are you still doing some sporadic stuff with that periodically? Like, uh, so
1: I actually started a spin off Well. It's kind of an—I don't know—I couldn't. My my brain was like writing music, like nonstop during the time. Um, so I started this spinoff called the Buffalo Fuzz Country Collective. Okay. And part of that is I—I actually hated country growing up. I couldn't stand country music um, ever since like riding the bus to school and like listening to like the pop country of like the the late '90s, early you know, like late '90s and I just couldn't stand it but then I, when we were recording this album, uh, Zach Hollander, the uh, the engineer at the Pearl was like, hey man uh, vocal days tomorrow, I'm going to send you home with some George Jones um, and I was like, I don't know like what this is but I'll, I'll listen to it, so I listened to George Jones and I was like just the way George Jones who's an old school country singer from the 60s and 70s uh, he probably, I think he started in the late 50s maybe, but his the way he sings and anybody who knows george jones knows what i'm talking about the way he sings with such emotion and the way he like sings melodies is just um it's it like really alters the way uh the listener feels and um so that's how i first got through and like actually started listening to like old school country and um so i started this spin-off kind of that was inspired by that and was inspired by the the songs that i had written and sort of going through the grief and things like that and um so i started playing some shows with friends that uh in bands that i would played with uh, as buffalo fuzz um, bands like the lone crows and porno wolves some of the members um you know we're down to to jam these songs i had been writing and, and became sort of an americana rock project that's awesome and uh, that uh that story is to be continued because um we're hoping to eventually record some of those songs
0: that's fantastic well i'm glad mm-hmm. there's something you know still coming out of that i think you've got you know something clearly to offer um what's uh what's your favorite mountain dew flavor
1: Oh man, I don't drink Mountain Dew anymore, but I <laughs> I used to drink Mountain Dew and it uh, I guess it was Mountain Mountain Dew flavored Mountain Dew. Just the classic. <laughs> um, I don't yeah, to the classic. I drink uh, I, I don't know, I drink a lot of coffee. And um, I don't uh, I'm not drinking alcohol right now in solidarity with my wife here, but we'll we'll get back to the cocktail making um some point this summer and um, and the beer drinking sometime this summer as well. But I've been drinking a ton of LaCroix and, uh, and, um being, that, other being a, water. Being a,
0: La, being a La, LaCroix boy. Um, yeah.
1: I'm hey, it's trying to stay, it's keeping me young.
0: No, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, I, uh, yeah, I would love to just hammer pop every day of my life, but I know yeah. that's going to kill me. So I, I tapped into the spice water for the first time this year and you know, it's pretty good like it uh yeah it stays off the the hunger pains but there is that moment you have like a real coke like a hamburger yeah and you're like oh
1: my gosh yeah <laughs> like, once in a while once in a while i'll go for that like it's the, like the drag off I, a cigarette this, like, <laughs> you're like oh there's this re- yeah there's this really great um restaurant in um in south minneapolis called Beludo, and they they're um uh, they have a uh, fernet and cokes there i don't know if you've ever had one of those mm kind of an acquired taste but by the time you're done with it it's like you, you just want more and more and more um, so if you haven't tried a fernet and coke I would go out and try that at some point if you can find find somebody that serves that um, it's the only time I really drink uh, pop or soda or coke um, but it's super good otherwise it's way too sugary for me at this point I think it's because I just drink black coffee all the time and um, yeah, it's, um, you know, got yeah, used yeah, to that, that bitter. Apple, but the bubbly the, the carbonation is what it's all about. It's The real anyway.
0: deal. And uh, last one, uh, what would be your mm-hmm. your fantasy tour vehicle? And it can't be a Mercedes oh, Sprinter, okay? Like it, like that. Is there like any van envy out there? Is there any vans? You're like, oh, that's a sweet van.
1: There's some really cool vans I've seen around town. Um, there's a guy I've talked a little bit about van. I mean, I'm not a van connoisseur by any means, but there's a guy in town. There's some people in town that I've gotten to know that are really. Really awesome people that uh, have some great bands, Um, and I think uh, and there's some really cool like they they do some really cool like shows with like bands and stuff. But um, I I I thought it'd be cool to uh, tour in a hearse at one point, but um, (laughs) uh, yeah, but uh, a van I think I think just like a really just a really cool old school van with some carpet and some some of the uh the old uh, the, the trimmings trims and things like that and and just obviously like i think it needs stripes on the side and all that yeah for sure but i'm i'm more aesthetically driven so i'm not i'm not the best person to ask about that <laughs> but anything that doesn't break down great. that's I where mean, you're at having a tour have you have you had some tour breakdowns in your life
0: uh no i've been i've been lucky uh okay. in uh, one of my many other lives that i live i buy and fix vehicles with my dad um like wrecked vehicles from auctions and stuff and so I've been lucky to have enough car knowledge and stuff that all the machines do the do. So, um Thanks. being in a two piece as you were, my what I've always thought is like the future of two piece touring is to buy like a limo that's like ten years old. And oh yeah. I think anywhere but like Chicago and parts of New York you know, otherwise I think as a right. two piece, you could get all your stuff in there and like, you could still have room to like chill. And, yeah. and I don't think a lot of people like a limo is not what it used to be. You know, limo in the nineties was like, Oh, that's sweet. Like <laughs> a limo. Now you're like, Oh, that's kind of trashy. So like, I don't yeah. think you're well, going to be a target for like it's limo theft.
1: It's a- no, that's true. I, I think, um, I did have the idea that, and this is probably already an idea, but I- I thought it'd be really cool to, to get a semi trailer and, and uh mod it out for it's being in its own stage so you could literally just open up the side of it and sh- have a concert in any parking lot anywhere. That
0: would be pretty rad. Um,
1: with like all the speak all the PA speakers like, you know, like tucked in and then you just tuck them out for the show and then tuck them back in and take hit the road. Be all in one, you know, in one compact little package and then just you know hit the road in that I, th- I thought that would be really cool make it happen but um I don't know if that's realistic or not
0: <laughs> well hey um thanks for taking some time today to uh to come on um
1: thank just you just saw what you were doing it. and uh I think I'm not used to talking this much so no it's I'm good I'm a little parched I'm used to observing more than speaking well uh, so thank you for listening through all that everybody
0: no it's good um and uh yeah we'll for sure be sharing what you're doing uh be sure to listen to uh this new tasty jam here at the end and we'll have links to his uh vinyl pre-order um attached and yeah hope nothing but the best for you man and i uh, hope to run you so time to stay in touch you yeah all
1: right thank you hey,